Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We will need this orange uh, goldenrod sheet for the message. I'll refer to this a couple times during the course of the message. A few years ago, some billboards appeared along the side of major highways. The billboards would have a short saying, sometimes from the Bible, something religious, and then it would, it would be signed with a dash and the word God. The billboards were meant to be signs from God. One of them, I remember, said, don't make me come down there, God. A couple weeks ago on Facebook, I saw another one. This one said that love thy neighbor thing, I meant that, God. That love thy neighbor thing, I meant that. And yes, God means it. You can find love one another, love your neighbor back in Leviticus. Jesus says it a couple times. The Apostle Paul says it here in Romans 13 and in Galatians. Love one another. Love your neighbor. God means it. And he means it so much that he himself does it. Remember who a neighbor is? Parable of the Good Samaritan. A man's going down the road. He gets waylaid by some thieves, robbers. They beat him up, take him everything, leave him to die on the side of the road. A couple of religious types come along and they pass by on the other side. And then comes someone who you would not think would stop to help this man, especially for the ones listening to the parable, a Samaritan. A Samaritan shows a gentleness. A Samaritan shows some patience in taking time to bandage up the man's wounds. And then, and then he shows goodness and generosity and kindness by taking him to a place that will care for the man. And he pays for all of his care. And Jesus asks, who's the neighbor? And the answer is, well, the Samaritan is. But not just the Samaritan. The man alongside the road becomes a neighbor too. You see, they become neighbors to one another. A neighbor is someone who is in need. And we are in need. We need God to see us as his neighbors, as those who need his gentleness and patience, his kindness and goodness, his generosity. I mean, all we have to do is take a quick look inside and we'll see what our own sin has done to us in making us needy. Or we can look at what's going on in the world around us and the evil that, that just is so prevalent or the deep wounds that Satan inflicts upon us. Oh, we need God's generosity and his gentleness and patience and goodness and kindness. We need him to be our neighbor. And when he says, love your neighbor, he takes it seriously for himself first. On this uh, goldenrod sheet, I have three Bible passages about God's love. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
to show us how God takes his own words seriously in treating us as his neighbors. First one from Romans chapter 5, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Think for just a moment of Jesus on the cross. He's covered with all of our sins, the evil of this world, all the deep wounds of Satan, and what does God do for his only beloved son? He turns his back on him. And Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? For us, as his neighbors, God's kindness and generosity has him turn his back on his own son to bring us forgiveness and life. God loves us in Jesus. When it comes to Jesus, I have few Bible verses, like most of you do, that stand out, become favorites. One of them is Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. All right, say this with me, finish it. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Who loved me and gave himself for me. For me. Love your neighbor. Jesus gives himself for us. I have a poster that I've kept for many, many years. It's just a simple poster of uh, the cross, a sunset in the background, shadows on that wooden beam. The words, however, say this It was not the nails that held Christ to the cross, but his love for you and me. Not the nails, but his love. God takes it seriously when he says, love your neighbor, and we are his neighbors. Then the Holy Spirit. God's love has been poured into our hearts, through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us from Romans chapter 5. God's love is poured into us. And what does that look like then? In Galatians, Paul mentions fruit of the Spirit. Nine fruit of the Spirit. One writer says that the first fruit is the summary for the other eight. The first fruit, love. And then comes gentleness and patience, peace and joy, faithfulness and self-control, goodness and kindness. When God pours his love into us, the Holy Spirit produces those fruit of the Spirit. Or another way to look at it is what we heard from the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 13. Four commandments are listed. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, and do not covet. Watch how these work with the fruit of the Spirit. Don't commit adultery. 
in that whole realm of sexuality and marriage, <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness and self-control. Or do not murder. So instead of hate and anger and violence, you have gen gentleness and patience towards someone. And, and in, instead of not stealing, taking what isn't yours, you show kindness and goodness with what you have for somebody else. And, and don't covet, don't desire what isn't meant to be yours. Well, be at peace and rejoice with what someone else has received. Beginning to get a picture of what this love your neighbor looks like? Fruit of the Spirit poured into us from God's love because he takes his own words seriously. The trouble is, loving your neighbor for us is much more difficult, perhaps, when we start to look around to see who our neighbor is. There's just so much loving that needs to be done, and it's too much for us. Each week I get letters in the mail from an organization or a charity that needs money, a donation. Wonderful organizations. They do excellent work taking care of neighbors, and yet they just start to add up and add up until you finally get a pile and you begin to say, it's too much, I can't help them all. Or you uh, are on Facebook or the other media site and you find a GoFundMe account, some sort of Oh, some sort of heartbreaking story, funeral expenses, medical expenses, uh, need a trip to go somewhere. And, uh, and after a while, because you've seen them over and over again, you begin to get weary. There's too many. There's too much. And then you open up your eyes and you take a look and you see just who are these neighbors are in need and we find out they are much different than us. Perhaps a different race, a different nationality, a different religion, a different, uh, different political persuasion. You're going to vote for her. You're going to vote for him. You don't agree with them. Or perhaps... Or perhaps it's somebody who's really hurt you or hurt someone you've loved. It's too much. It's too much to, to love your neighbor at times. There's too much to do, too much loving that's needed. And yet God never stops loving us. Jesus continues to forgive us and he pours his spirit into us so that we begin to see not the big picture of all that loving that needs to be done, but to begin to see the person God places in our lives that needs to be loved. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, <laughs> the Samaritan doesn't have to love everybody. He just has to take care of the one that's been placed in his path. 
So often when it comes to love your neighbor, it's the everyday sacred moments where God places someone in your life. A couple weeks ago in the Lutheran Hour Ministry Devotions, Pastor Glenn Klaus had a story called Fruit Pies. The story was about a mother and her three children went to a fast food restaurant for a meal. They got their food, they went to the booth, and this family prayed in a restaurant or wherever they were before they ate. And so the youngest of the children said, I'd like to pray today. And he says loud enough for people to hear, Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. Let these gifts to us be blessed. And if Mom would get us fruit pies, I'd be even more thankful. This is your friend Danny signing out for the family. Amen. Now, people in the restaurant smiled when they heard that prayer, except for one woman in the booth behind them. And she said, that's what's the matter with this country. Kids don't even know how to pray anymore, as if God doesn't have enough to think about it when you ask for fruit pies. And who ever heard of signing out of a prayer? Well, little Danny heard her, and he was, he was worried that he had done something wrong. And, it, and he asked, Mom, was that a bad prayer? And she said, no, it was a fine prayer. And an older man sitting in the table across from the booth simply leaned over and said, that was a great prayer. I've been praying for a long time, and if I know God like I think I know God, he probably thought that was one of the best prayers ever. And you know what? Fruit pies are good for your body and soul. Well, you know, Mom was going to get him a fruit pie, so she went and got him. She brought him back, and then little Danny did something surprising. He turned around and leaned over the booth and tapped the woman on her shoulder and said, I'd like you to have my fruit pie, because, you know, fruit pies are good for the body and the soul. It struck me that love your neighbor is not the huge everybody, but it's the one person God places in your life in a sacred everyday moment to show gentleness and patience and kindness and goodness and generosity. On the back side of this goldenrod paper, there are some summaries of this message. The first one is simply Jesus says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It reminds me of two songs as I was growing up. One of them you probably remember yourself from BBS or Sunday school. Um, we're going to sing just the first line together. You ready? It's Jesus loves me. Ready? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I know you want to keep going, but I got a second one too. That goes right with it. Probably was back in my high school days. It went like this. 
They'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. They'll know we are Christians by our love. Jesus loves me. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. Martin Luther once said, we conclude, therefore, that a Christian lives not in himself, but in Christ and the neighbor. He lives in Christ through faith and in his neighbor through love. And then a few years ago, there was a fad that came out, probably only lasted a couple months, but you were to summarize your life or life in general with just six words, only six words. Now, if you've got a pencil, you might want to fill in the blank here. It didn't last very long, but I do have six words for you to take with you today. The first three are these. God's love, Jesus. God's love, Jesus. And the next three, now we love. Because you see, when God says, love your neighbor, he means it. Amen.